We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. All right, let's go right out to Arrowhead and hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Uh, he's being, being evaluated and... Uh, you know, he's, this has been going on for a day now, so a couple of days actually. So um, we're just going to see how he, where and how he, he is. They, they don't have a absolute on it right now, so we're still doing some tests on it. Other than that, everybody will practice today. Um, look forward to the challenge of playing the Jags. We know they're a very well-coached football team, and they're coming off a nice win. Um, against the Raiders. So uh, Doug Peterson, we're all familiar with, and he's a good friend. He, he's, I think he's doing a heck of a job down there. Um, the players have bought into what he, he's uh, teaching, and Mike Caldwell, the defense coordinator, is one of my ex-players and coaches, and he's got uh, a system, great system there. Bob Sutton's working with him, and um, you see his influence, too, in there. and. Mike McCoy uh, is a quarterback coach, and Mike and I go way back. Um, you know, he's a he's a Utah University of Utah guy, and uh, I'm a BYU guy, and he's wearing blue, and I'm wearing red. I mean, there's something wrong there. So, um, but anyways, that um, um, I, they, they're well coached, and and they've got they, you know what they've got good players. These guys play they play very hard, so. Our guys, we've got to have a good week of practice. It's important that we focus in on, on the things we need to get better at, and, and there are plenty of those things uh, that we can work on. And, and so that's what that's what we're going to do. Anyways, with that time, for, for your offensive guys, maybe particularly the offensive line, after you had so many plays and dropbacks on Sunday night, do you do anything differently as far as the recovery and trying to get those guys some rest and ready for this week? Yeah, so we're, we're, we're using our mid-season so today's a lighter day, so they get to recover a little bit, you know, and that, that'll help them. Um, but we just started that, so it's uh, that's it just happened to fall on a game where you had 100 snaps. Andy, what did you see from Trent McDuffie in his first game back? Good position. Yeah, I, I thought he made some nice plays. Um, his, his ability to go up through the receiver but not uh, interfere with him, I thought was big and. Get hands on ball. I thought that was big. So, um, and they, he tackled. So he was in position to tackle, and they did a nice job there. Last week, you had an opportunity to watch Lucas Yang and his return to practice. Where is he at in, in the recovery at this point? He's working very hard um, and making progress. He's not not there yet, but he's he's working at it.
Yeah, he's doing a good job there. He's learning on the on the move, um, but he's had some good good snaps. Um, it's worked out well where the uh, Clyde's getting reps and he's getting reps, and I, I think that's healthy. We're being able to throw fastballs at the guys, and then one is getting in there and doing his thing uh, more on third down, but he, he got some first and second down calls also. But we'll just keep bringing them along. And, and uh, I like the progress he's making. Is he where you want him to be right now? Yeah, I mean, he, he, yes, he's there. We, we, he had, didn't have a ton of opportunities this last game, but he had some nice, yeah, a couple of nice carries. Yeah. Andy, how would you just, obviously, last game you played, sort of played a really good defensive front with the Titans, so not just specific to that game, but overall, how would you just assess the running game and where it is right now? Yeah, so we, we can do better. I mean, I, I can do better, and when you make the call, you know, and what you're calling at that time. So, uh, and then the, there's the we play we play against a pretty good defensive line. So it's been a hit and a miss. So we've we've won some and they've won some, and uh, um, you know, and then obviously I mean, we you come out with 500 yards of total offense. You go, you know, you're doing something right. We we gotta get rid of the mistakes so you score points, you 500 yards, and you, and. Um, 20 points isn't, that's not where you want to be, right? So, and time of possession was like really skewed. And, you know, you, all those things, you, you got to you gotta score points, which is the name of the game. But um, if, if the run game, if, if they've got good guys in there and you're struggling there, I mean, we know we can throw it. So that's a, that's a plus. Maybe with the, with the quarterback as talented as Patrick, have you found ways as he's developed to coach him to, actually be better when he is outside the pocket, when he is scrambling? Are there things that you sort of noticed that you guys from a coaching staff have given him and that he's actually applied on the field? Yeah, no, I mean, we have, we, we know he's good outside the pocket. He's been that way before we got him here. So he was at a college. But we've given him things that we can call to get him outside the pocket. And, and then naturally, he's going to do that within the pass game. So somewhere. And... Uh, and extend the play, but we do have things in the offense that we put in, trying to utilize that talent that he has, and he's got he's made some big plays with some of those plays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to follow up, Andy, I'm sure I'm asking if it's I guess a different feeling when he does scramble out of the pocket now versus 2018 when it was new for everybody, including you. Um, <laughs> well, I trust him. I, I saw enough of his tape in college to know that. He wasn't just firing things in there to fire him in. He's got pretty good decision making once he's out there. Um, so um, I'm I'm am good with it. I, I'm more comfortable that he knows the offense better now than he did then. So and I think his decision making is probably you know it's probably better now than it was then just by, by reps. You were able to get Kadarius in for nine plays last game. Fair to say, reasonable sales will take up as the weeks go. Yeah, we wanted to get him 10, 10 or so reps and just kind of get him, get him going a little bit. Um, so we're, we'll, he'll get more as we go here. I want to see how he does this week. But. Coach, um, on you know the number of passes, I don't, when, when you're in a game like the first Sunday night, you probably feel like you're throwing the ball a lot. But did it feel like 68? When do you kind of get that feel when you're in a game, kind of when yeah. you're trying to get that mix that you like? 
Yeah, I knew I knew we had a lot of plays. Period, and uh, um, you know, phrase gives me a heads up on all those things. So during during the game, but um, no, I, look, we're, we were going to do what we needed to do to try to win the game. Is what we felt. So um, that's how we went about it. I mean, if the run game would have been going, we would have done more of the run game. But Got the pass game going there a little bit. There was a stall in the middle, and then we picked it up after that. But uh, you know, you, you're in a game, and you know you, you're, you're sitting there trying to score touchdowns. Yeah. On the Jags, you mentioned on the Zoom on Monday a little bit today. It looks like they've bought into what Doug's doing. What sort of things do you see on tape when you look at them that shows you that they're they kind of have that belief? And what's the kind of danger factor with this team that they finally? Won one of those close games last week, and maybe a little win. Yeah, sure. No, they're uh, our, our guys can see it on on tape. Even the games that they've lost, they've lost just by a few points. So, um, you know, a score. In other words. So they, um, you, you see, uh, their excitement. Uh, even in games that they've lost, that when they make a play, they're excited. You saw Sonny with the with the Tennessee bunch supporting each other. I mean, that, that's there's normally a belief in that. Uh, that comes with that. So, um, you know that that's how that's how Doug's crew is. They're you can tell they they like what they're getting uh, scheme wise, and they're they're playing fast. There's nobody hanging their head, no poor body language. Um, they're excited when a good play happens. Maybe uh, counting sacks and scrambles and uh, penalties that were called back, uh, where the play was called back. Pat probably dropped back probably more than 80 times the other night. Um, pretty big burden. And I'm, but I'm guessing you're really happy with how he handled that. Um, you think he could have done that maybe earlier in his career, or is this kind of a veteran Pat handling it that way, if that makes any sense? Yeah, I thought you know, I thought he stayed strong through it. Um, I, I would tell you, he did, it, did that kind of stuff in college. Yeah. So I... I've seen him do it. I, I, he probably would have. The thing he knows, he knows the offense better now. I mean, that's that would be the difference. So he, he knows where to go with the ball when he gets into trouble there. Coach, you may be aware there you are top poll of the most handsome coaches in the NFL. That's about <laughs> 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 Do they underrate you? <laughs> I was wondering why I wasn't first. <laughs> Gotta get more redheads out there, Doug. I have to vote. Brian Dable beat you at number two. Well, that says it all, right? <laughs> We're good. Uh, <laughs> all right, that was uh, Andy Reid. He was asked about something that uh, normally Nick, I mean, I, I, you know, normally that's something I would expect Nick to have been all over. All Imitation over the handsome, is the sincerest form of flattery. Everyone but, wants to steal Andy, my bit. Andy was the fourth, uh, rated the fourth most handsome NFL head coach in a survey or whatever that went out. And they According sent to, to beauty technology analysis. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It was an yeah. email. That, so is this a poll or a scientific I, study? I, I, I believe based on the email, a scientific study. What do they measure? Face, you know, symmetrical. Profile pics of each silver fox were scanned <laughs> through the golden ratio face app. And the player facial data has been collated and then ranked per the below. Huh. We'll talk more about that and the McCall Hardman injury, but let's head back out to Arrowhead and hear from Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Of the best looking coach in the NFL. What do you think about that? I think he should be higher, man. That's a, that's a good looking gentleman out there. So, uh, 
He's got some swag to him too, so you get the personality to match. You get so many pass attempts last week. I know you're used to it, right? You've done that a lot in college. But do you do anything with your arm? Take a little time off? You have, you're in a pitch count during practice? What sort of things are you doing with, with your arm these, these days? I, I don't. Um, ever since I've been young, I haven't really got sore even when I pitched uh, when I was younger. So uh, usually just the normal stuff. I mean, we do different stuff that I do with my trainers and stuff like that. But uh, other than that, I just try to keep that arm strength up and keep rolling. When you face a former coach like a Doug Peterson, who knows you very well. How do you prepare knowing that they know a lot of things that helps you get to where you are? Yeah, I, I have to ask because I, I actually wasn't here with Doug. So he got here right at – he left right before I got here. And so I knew a lot of people that knew him um, and talked very highly of him, how great of a coach he was. And so I have to kind of go back and ask sometimes, like, hey, on this check, does does he know, like, what this check means and stuff like that so that we can change the code words, we can change stuff up so that he doesn't have any intel on the stuff we're trying to get done. Patrick, when you do throw that many times in a game, late in the game, is, do you feel like what you're seeing from the defense that they pretty much expect to pass this down pretty regularly? Um, not necessarily. I think we still do a good job of trying to mix it up. And obviously that game got a little out of hand as far as throwing the ball a little bit more than we wanted to as compared to running it. But uh, it kind of it called for that. And uh, to be able to do both, I think you've seen in games we've been able to run the ball a lot. Um, in some games, and then obviously there's games where you have to throw the ball. It's uh, something that you have to do as a, as an offense in order to succeed in this league is being able to do both, and uh, that's something that I think we can do in this team. When you said the, the game called for that, what do you think you that? Yeah, just the way that, um, I mean, their, their team's built. Their D-line's a very good defensive line, especially against the run. They do a good job of being in the right gaps. Linebackers fly up and make plays, and so uh, that day they had a good game plan for our run game, so we had to kind of use those shorter passes to kind of get those yards um, and so uh, that's just being able to be diverse as an offense. And uh, I think the only thing next is we've got to score some of those drives that we were kind of getting those yards, and that's something that we missed out on this last week. Patrick, you have a pretty big workload for you the other night. Uh, I'm, I'm imagining that's pretty exhausting, not only physically but mentally. How do you feel you handled that, and, and do you feel like you could have handled that kind of load early in your career, maybe your first year as a starter? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it. I mean, you don't know because you don't, you'd never have done it before. Sure. But uh, at the same time, I feel like I could have – I went out there and competed. Um, I think I did a good job of, of doing what, what, it, what it took to just kind of stay patient, even though stuff wasn't going our way, which is something I don't know if I could have done when I was younger in my career. I might have forced the issue a little bit more. Um, but uh, Coach Reed trusted me and trusted our offense to figure it out, and uh, he kept calling plays and getting us into the right, the right plays at the right time so that we were able to make it happen there at the end. You guys were able to win the game. You were able to convert. But as you looked at your film, were you happy with all the decisions that you made to scramble, or, or did, you, did you sense, okay, maybe I could have done this a little differently? Um, I mean, there was definitely some decisions that I, I missed some throws um, that were out there. I think there was one time um, where it was uh, going towards the other end zone. We didn't score in. I thought I had McColl, and I kind of predetermined based on the cover two shell that he wasn't going to be open. And then there's the one down the middle of the field that I missed McColl, which I thought he was kind of getting in and out, and they somehow dropped him. And I, it's like another one you just predetermine. You think they're going to be in the right position, and then they don't end up being there. And so – um, just trying to stay – when there's that many plays, you're going to miss throws. Um, but uh, whenever they're touchdown throws, you want to make sure you hit them. So try to go back and make sure I hit them whenever they're, whenever they're there. Patrick, the last couple games, Isaiah was promoted to starting. Um, where, where are you seeing from him? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who's going to continue to go out there and put his best effort, uh, put his best step forward. And uh, he's someone that plays hard. He runs the ball hard. Um, but in this offense, I mean, you, you've seen him in the receiving room. You've seen the running back room, tight end room, other than Travis. Uh, it's going to be a different guy every week. And uh, I think just having uh, Isaiah out there, I mean, he's going to be that physical runner, can really gain those extra yards, fall forward. 
Um, but then when you throw in guys like Clyde and Jed, all these guys, uh, they're ready to go. Um, it keeps those guys fresh, and it keeps them ready to go whenever their number's called during the game. And he's a, he's a young guy, but can you see him progressing? Oh, 100%. I mean, um, <laughs> he's so physically gifted. Uh, he's so fast that sometimes you're like, man, just you got to just take that extra step, then hit it. Um, but uh, you don't want to take that aggressiveness away from him because it's hard for defenses to account for is how physical he runs. Um, but I think as he sees more and more in this league, um, he's going to hit the sky's the limit because he has all the physical tools to go out there and be great. Hey, Patrick, that fourth and one in overtime, um, you guys got timeout. You went and talked to Andy and mm-hmm. Eric. Was that a talk about should you go for it, or was that a talk about play call you like this? One of that conversation. Yeah, it was a it was more play call. Um, I think we figured we were going to go for it. We not only thought we were going to get it, but we trusted how our defense was playing. If we didn't get it, they could get us the ball back, and we could maybe get back in field goal range again. Um, but uh, we wanted to get to the perfect play call, and they actually did a pretty good job of covering the front side read uh, of that play. But once that that uh, linebacker, that whole player, kind of pushed over towards Travis, I knew Juju was one on one on that backside. So just trusting in your guys to make plays, and Juju ran a good route, caught the ball, and got the first down. They were asking you questions. Did you suggest that one, or is that one on your mind? Yeah, yeah, that was one that we had talked about. So we had kind of talked about before going into the the last drive. We got put in a situation where we needed one play. What what were we thinking? And it, we had like a list of three and we were going to see how the defense was playing. And how the defense was playing, that was the, one of the plays that we had talked about. And I said that's the one I wanted to go with. And coaches, they trusted me and the guys to go out there and make a play happen in a big moment in the game. Patrick, the, a lot of fans, people outside the building, will probably look and see the Jags coming in and think this isn't a very good team. This should be an easy win. What's the danger factor with this team? And how, you know, it's the NFL, you can't overlook people. But is this one of those games you could sneak up on you a little bit if you don't watch yourself? No, I mean, it's not going to sneak up on you. I mean, if you look at the tape, I mean, the players that they have out there are really legit players. I mean, they're young, but they're fast, they're physical, they're big. They fly around to the ball and play with confidence. Um, and so we have a ton of respect for this team coming in. And if you see them, even the games they've lost, they've been in them. Um, and they've made a mistake here and there that's cost them a game. But uh, if you watch the tape, it doesn't show what's on, what their record looks like. And I think guys understand that, that it's going to be a, a heck of a football game and we're going to have to play our best football in order to win. Patrick, coming from a quarterback perspective, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, what, what are you seeing are the biggest threats that come from him? Yeah, he's super talented. I mean, just kind of like a lot of guys on their team. Uh, I mean, he's he's young, uh, so he's made mistakes, but I think you see the talent week in and week out. He makes a lot of big-time throws. He can run the ball better than people think, um, and uh, he's someone that's won on every level he's been at. So uh, you can see, I mean, they've kind of turned this around pretty quickly here. I mean, they haven't won the games, but you can tell the team has gotten a lot better over this last year. Um, and so uh, we understand that it's, it's going to be a great challenge for us, both sides of the ball, and that we're going to play a great game in order to win. What are the challenges that go with uh, Josh Allen specifically, and, and what he brings to the table? Yeah, I mean he's just he's so he's like, he's so gifted as a pass rusher, but also he's he's athletic enough to drop into coverage, and you don't see a lot of guys like that. Um, but uh, he, he's uh, he's obviously super. He's a big physical guy, but he's fast. He does a good job with his hands and getting off blocks. Um, and so they kind of have guys like that on both sides of the ball with that with Walker there now as well. So it'll be a great challenge for our guys to have on that whole entire defensive line. Um, and it seems like week in and week out we're playing a great defensive line. So our offensive line is battling. Uh, I thought they did a great job this last week, and uh, I think we can hopefully carry that momentum into this this next week. All right, that's Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes here on 610 Sports Radio, his weekly press conference there talking to the media, talking about the Jags there at the end uh, in – I mean, look, they they lost to the Giants, what, two weeks ago? Uh, But that was a close game. They very easily could have beat the Giants. I think it's probably a team that, based off the first three weeks of the season, you would have said, man, maybe they have a chance to win the AFC South legitimately. Then they kind of hit a lull, and they they flash. Like, they'll have their moments, and then the Jaguars 
will make some of those same mistakes that we've seen them make for years and years and years in particular. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, what he did last year, but there's definitely flashes from him. I didn't want to go back to uh, to uh, to Arrowhead, though, because it was basically the rookie debut for Trent McDuffie on Sunday. It might as well have been, right, with the amount of quarters he played, and he's talking to the media right now. And pretty disheartening because, you know, you have all these goals and you have this plan that you set in place, and it doesn't go that way. But um, I was able to kind of just take a step back, work really well with the trainers, work really well with the coaches, and kind of set this system where it was almost like I was going to play every week, but then just set out the game. So I kind of kept this system of, Let's just keep this going so that when I did come back, it wasn't anything short of just what I was already doing. So just creating a system and just being able to stick to that, staying disciplined was the biggest thing for me to be able to come back the way I am now. What do you think was most valuable a part of trying to stay disciplined yeah. during that time? Um, honestly, I think it was patience. Um, I was always, you know, trying to come back, trying to come back quick, quick. But, you know, my body said not yet. So being patient and finally just listening to my body, uh, listening to my support system, my family, and just hearing everybody just tell me, you know, it's okay to take your time. It's okay to really let it heal because it is a long season and I do have to look towards the future. So I think a big part of it was just the patience and just saying, okay, yeah, let me just keep working on it and not try to just fight back so much and end up re-injuring it. Did you know that you were back to practice? Were you fighting to play or when did they have to back you off or were you just sort of following? Like, uh, it was a little bit of both. It was more like going to practice if I can play, you know, let me go out there and do it. But um, I mean, as it played out, I wasn't ready, which is okay to me because I'm here now and I feel like my leg is definitely 100% healed. After you got those live reps, how, I mean, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, um, I think honestly, a big thing was just the confidence. You know, going back, you always like, you can't really get a traditional game-like rep until you really do it. So being able to go out here and play the full game and just being confident and knowing my teammates trust me now and that I still am sharp with it was big for me. Was this the first injury like that you've had? Yeah, um, actually it is, like, at least the longest that I've had to sit out. So working through that was a little different. And I mean, it was a learning process for me, just how to maneuver through things and how to focus and not just sit back and say, okay, I'm injured, let me just pout. You know, really trying to stay focused and really trying to stay on top of everything, even though I'm not playing, which was tough. But Yeah, um, I mean, he has a strong arm. You know, he's somebody who can put the ball anywhere. He's really good in the pocket. Um, he's pretty elusive, so, you know, you just kind of have to bring him down. He's one of those guys who, you know, he might not slide. You know, he might run through the contact to get a few extra, few extra yards. So just being conscious of that and just knowing that we got to just move him off the spot and be able to make plays when they come to us. Trim, what do you most... play on the outside? You don't often get matched up one off the tight end. Can you just kind of walk us through that play? Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I break down everybody before the game. So, you know, I know their strengths, weaknesses, whatnot. Um, so when Hooper came on me, I mean, I kind of knew what he was doing. I knew the kind of routes that he was going to run. You know, not Tyler's not going to run every route a receiver does. So kind of limiting him to the certain routes I thought he was going to do and then honestly just using my speed. I mean, he's bigger than me, so I have to make up for it with my athleticism and my speed and just knowing how to play DB. So that's what I focused on, and that's how I was able to make the play. Trent, what are you most satisfied with in the performance on Sunday, and what information can you take from that game now that you've had a – NFL yeah, game. yeah. Um, I think a big thing for me, honestly, was just make sure I went out there and just did my job correctly. You know, I haven't been with the team. You know, I haven't been in the lingo in actual game rep practices. So, be able to go out there and just be sharp with it. You know, make all the correct calls. Make sure everybody was doing everything correct was for me good because you know I haven't had that, like I said. Um, and on top of that, I think just going back to learn from just 
little things, little things in my technique, hand placement, thing like that as a DB. But I think the overall is just being able to just leave my all out there. I always said I wanted to be that flash play player and make every play like it's my last. So just being able to do, do that consistently for however many plays you do is going to be something I'm big at. Trey, when you were down, what did it mean to, to you to see Jalen emerge the way that he did? Yeah, I mean, it's always huge when you can see another rookie, you know, who's come in, who's gone through the same process as you, go out there and make plays in a big stage. Um, I mean, we're always together. We're in the same room. So, I mean, I had confidence in him. I had confidence in Josh Williams. Like, anybody goes out there, we're all in the same room. We all hear the same lingo. We all taught the same thing. So there's a big confidence in knowing that, yeah, even if I go down, if somebody else goes down, the next person up is going to be able to do their job. Trent, what was your reaction to the Fenton trade, and how much did you see the club then putting their faith in you when your body was ready? Yeah, I mean, it's always a disappointment seeing somebody go, we always called him Uncle Fent because it was like just that dude, you know, taught all the DBs, and it was just uncle out there. So he was one of those dudes who I looked up to, really taught me this system, how to play DB in here. So seeing him leave, it was disappointing, but I mean, I know he's going to do great over there in Atlanta, and I'm excited for his journey. But, I mean, it comes back to us and just seeing the coaches have full faith in the rookies and just knowing that we got to go out there and now we got to produce. You know, we got to give them the same way that they look at us, we got to give it back to them. You know, we got to make sure that we're accountable and that they can trust us out there each and every play. I'm sure when you got drafted, Trent, that you started envisioning playing in Arrowhead. Yeah. Maybe in prime time settings like Sunday. Just yeah. How much did reality match or different from from what you had envisioned? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was able to be on the sideline, thankfully, during some of those big games, like the Chargers game and the Raiders game. So I knew the crowd was loud. You know, I'd be on the sideline. I couldn't talk to my friend on the sideline. So <laughs> being on the field, I already went in knowing that I wasn't going to be able to hear anybody. So, I mean, it's just so much. I feel like it just brings so much more energy to the game when the crowd is like that. So just being able to go out there and play in front of them finally and just complete a full game was really fun for me. Going, expanding on that a little more, just from yeah. the standpoint of being in a game like that, yeah. a battle testing, a very physical game mm -hmm. that could have gone any which way, seeing your Chiefs yeah. and how they respond and what they did, as a young player, I mean, did that just give you a new sense of pride? Did that give you a new, I'm going to step up because this is the way they do this mm -hmm. and they're successful? What was going through you when you saw what your team overall could do? Yeah, um, I think honestly, even just coming in here right after the draft, you kind of understood that there was a standard that was set. And I mean, through the season, ups and downs, you kind of understand that everybody kept that standard. But now playing in it, being a part of it, under seeing how people are, you know, the emotions running high, and everybody kind of just locking in, just taking a step back and going, let's just do our job. For me, it was almost relieving. It was like as a young dude who doesn't know anything, hasn't played in an overtime game in the NFL, just seeing the guys relaxed, composed, um, helped me to stay that way. And so, I mean, big thanks to them for the leaders on our team to kind of just rally everybody together. Um, that really showed me that our team is really tight bonded and you know, we're really sticking together. So it was awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, that's Chiefs rookie corner Trent McDuffie talking about really his first full game in the NFL and really sounds like he took a lot of – got some confidence off of that performance. Still uh, let up a catch. Still has it. And, and as we were talking with Nate yesterday, it might be three weeks or so before he truly has a, a, a huge test in terms of the wide receivers he's going to go up against. I do think, you know, Christian Kirk to a certain extent can be that, but – uh, you know, Cincinnati, nice if year. Jamar Chase is back and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, that, that's about as good of a test as you could possibly have in the NFL. But nice to see him, of course, back out on the field for the Chiefs. I did want to go back to Andy Reid, though, and what he said 
you know, what, about 20 minutes ago, I guess, at this point in time. Uh, McCall Hardman dealing with some uh, sore abdomen or, or something like that at this point, not going to practice today. Looks like he might be the only guy that doesn't practice. Uh, Nick, your guy, Jody Fortson, uh, going to be back after dealing with that quad uh, strain, I guess, that he had a week ago. But We didn't it, end uh, up getting to bet uh, any time touchdown we didn't, for Jody. We didn't. Now, let, let's just play along here for a second and assume maybe McCall Hardman, hopefully he's back at practice tomorrow or something. But if let's say he's not, naturally, Tony, Sky Moore, Who's, I mean, based on what we've seen so far, the answer is, well, Tony's actually going to be the guy that's going to benefit the most. Because, right? like, the sample size is so small with Tony. No, but that's the role that, I mean, if we were to predict the role that Tony's going to have next year even, like, and it, you know, because we think McColl probably not back next year. We'll see. But most people believe that, oh, Tony's likely to step into the McColl role last year. Like, that would be the most uh, uh, logical, logical spot for him. Yes, because they're... Like, they're not, you know, like, they're fast receivers. Mm-hmm. They possess a similar skill set. It would make sense that he would logically probably fulfill that role this week, more so than even Sky Moore. I told you, coming out of that last game is easily the most concerned I've been for Sky Moore in his entire career here. I'm not writing him off. I'm not willing to do that yet. But again, they threw the ball 68 times and couldn't find Sky Moore for a single completion. The only encouraging part about it is that he threw deep to him twice. He tried to push the ball down the field to Sky. They were just unable to do so in both of those attempts. But no, I think because I because I like the Chiefs to – what are they, 10, 11-point favorites? More than yeah, that against nine, the Jags? Yeah, nine and a half, ten, something like that. Okay, yeah. So 10-point favorites against the Jags. We obviously think there's a pretty good chance they're going to win this game on Sunday. I'd worry more about the absence of one of their weapons if it were a tougher opponent. But instead, I'm intrigued because if McCole couldn't play this Sunday because of this abdomen issue – I kind of like seeing what they have in Tony or Sky Moore or finding out who they lean to or who they go to in the offense if if McColl isn't available. Because I think that this was a conversation that was a, a bubbling on Twitter yesterday a little bit, which was like, who does, who does Patrick Mahomes trust the most outside of his top two receivers? Because everyone knows it's Travis and Juju. And there was a, I mean, people were honestly like, McColl is the answer, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's clearly McColl. That's the third person he trusts the most. Agreed. So if Who's he's not, fourth? but because the, the Twitter is insane. Sometimes they were arguing Justin Watson. Like he's got a hundred yards. I don't think that's the fourth guy. Patrick Mahomes trusts. Who do you think is fifth Cody? Okay. I'm not going further down the list. I just said Justin Watson's not. Nick, fourth. Who do you, what do you, what do you think? This is, this is totally the, Oh, but you can't choose. No, it's team. not. I just said who he trusts third. Yeah. But maybe if you're not top two, you don't, he doesn't trust you that much. Okay. You know what I mean? The, the sixth most person you trust may not be someone you trust. Is what you're yeah, saying. Like at what point do we draw the line and say, okay, we don't need to figure this out? I mean, I think third's probably fine. <laughs> I think like, it's kind because of like that said, argument is if they're going to bottle up Kelsey and Juju, who is he going to throw to next? I actually think does matter for the offense. And the answer up, is McColl for that. Yeah, I can come up with another random one like Gold. Besides chili, what's your favorite fall dish? <laughs> Why are you bringing this back up? I think soup. You soup. launched. A an attack on chili attack, which is one of the le- and, and and you know what I don't want to talk true. about this on today of all days. Why to, why today of all days? Well, you know what yesterday was of all days. Tuesday. Well, not just any Tuesday. I didn't say what kind of chili would you elect. I didn't. You know. <laughs> I don't know Easy, you dude. To- that doesn't. That sentence doesn't even mean anything. I didn't even say elect for what. To eat, we're talking about food. (laughs) 
I am. And we know Nick's answer is green chili. Yeah, it's great. Mm. I'll bring some in for you guys. Would you eat some gold? Yeah. How many beans? Actually, I mean, I no love Rob, Rob Collins has set the bar high, though. Rob Collins from Fox 4 brought in some amazing chili last week or two weeks ago, whenever that was. And that was some good stuff. I think you man. should bring some in. Make some green chili tonight. Bring some in tomorrow. Don't, don't tell me to do it tonight. What do you got going on? Oh, What's it got, matter? Is he still doing the corn? No, that's over. League? They lost in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, you're They're done. done. You're done. Eliminated. Huh? I don't want to talk about it. Cheating scandal. No, well, not with us. Oh, but just there was the it. There, there was a big cheating scandal. And who's to say that you wouldn't be a part of that? Me. Honestly, if you could guarantee Me. that you would win in your league, you'd cheat. Admit it, you cheat. No, no, I wouldn't. I play yes, in would. integrity. I play with integrity. I, still, if we're, I think he'd cheat. Yes. I Abs- don't cheat. Yes. If you knew that you could uh, weigh down the bags like they were doing no, in that that's, corner, that's then BS. you, then have you, you ever cheated done it. on anything? No, because, A test? You, no, because I play golf and you, that's, you could basically say the same thing. If I knew I could get away with it, I would kick my ball out from behind the tree. I would never do that. I play with integrity. That's a sport you're good at, though. Mm, Unlike cornhole. Right How do you know I'm not good at cornhole? Because you lost in the first <laughs> round of the playoffs. In the non-competitive I just want to let you guys know. I just want to let you guys know, like, I'm legit offended by what the, the things that you guys are saying right now. So easily offended, Nick, you know? Just don't call me a cheater, man, mm. you know? You ever cheated on a test? Mm. <laughs> Maybe? That's a yes. Well, that's not a competition, you know? <laughs> I wouldn't cheat in a car. Nobody else was hurt by my cheating. The education system. Well, I think they'll be okay. What if it was a bell curve you cheated on? You could have affected that. I don't even know what that means. So, so whenever whenever teachers said they were grading on a curve, I never knew what it meant. I, I meant, does that mean I don't have to do well here? <laughs> <laughs> it means you have to do less well. If that helps. Well, what I would do is the other blue books. Did you guys ever have to take tests with the blue books? Absolutely. The blue books. Yeah, you had to go buy a blue book. So I would go in Mm -hmm. and I would go in and then I would very, very lightly write my essay. I would write my essay questions very faintly with pencil so you couldn't see it. So that way, when the essays came, I already knew what to write. I hate it. Then they would always make you switch. They would always make you switch. And then the person next to me would like hand me theirs and I'd say, no. Someone says, besides election day, what's your favorite voting day? Heisman voting Heisman day for voted. you. Well, Heisman voting day is number one. <laughs> one, two, and three. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. My kid's actually doing a but standardized test for the first time. You guys going to call, you gonna call anybody else today? I, or did, did I finally convince you to it's stop? It's a great idea. Or did I finally, oh, I don't know. We'll see. Or did I finally convince you guys to not call random coworkers and ask them about yesterday? I feel fine Did you guys decide it. to stop doing that? Oh, we'll see. Because you haven't called anybody since Dusty. There's still time. Or did you guys figure out that that probably wasn't a good idea? There's plenty of time. What do you mean? Well, I get Josh Klingler joining us here in about 10 minutes. We do. Yeah. We do. We're talking football with him, though, right? Yeah. We can talk wherever you want to take it, Gold. I think football is probably a good topic. What, whatever whatever sounds good to you, you know? Whatever whatever you're Text really line comfortable agrees. With. The Blue Book sucked. I forgot. I, don't, I hadn't heard that. Term. Yeah, I, dude. I, and now, like, Kelly Blue Book is for cars, but the Blue Book that actually for school was terrible. Hated that thing. Why? I just did, it's like, just it's, a regular test. It's not that big a deal. Knew, you just, like, you just knew, because you knew it meant there was a test. And you just, I hated the Blue Book. And they made you pay for them. Yeah, you had to go and get your own Blue Book. They were 25 cents a pop, but still. They're 75 cents now. Inflation, man. Adds up, man. Wow, they're 75 cents now? At Walmart, they are. It looks like. I, I Googled it real quick because I was like, do they still do those? And they still do. I assume still they thing. still take that. My kid's taking her first ever standardized test. I don't know. Are spark notes still a thing? 
I mean, you know what I'm talking about? I'm sure they are. Probably not the paperback version. No. We all have well, the they, internet. Right. Which, no, but they were internet when we were in college. Say, Sorry, Cody. Could... Back in the 70s when you were in college, <laughs> yeah, yeah you Spark- probably did have the Spark- paper version. This was an online thing, yeah. And I guess it is, but now they've changed it. They're more of a study guide related Now site. probably what you do is you get on TikTok and you pay someone to write your term paper for you. I'm sure that that's oh, what TikTok? Yes, that's, that's how the youth do Again, I'm going to hire a youth expert for the show. Youth expert again. The text line was crying. You cannot go near a school right now with this facial hair. Yes, guys. Do you, you think it'll look better have, at any point, Nick? Doing, do you think it'll look better in like two weeks? Y- you have done in two weeks. What will this? Will this beard look better in two? It's weeks? not a beard. It's no, not, it's not calling it a beard. <laughs> All right, can I? You said you won't tweet. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just randomly during the show take a photo of you then and tweet it out because we're doing no shave November. I Nick don't and think I, it's a beard. I just. Nick what is, else am I supposed to call it? Random hair on my face. Nick and I look fine with the beard. Nick already has one, so it really doesn't look any different. And I know mine can grow out. And, it, and it's we're twelve. Have days you been in. trimming yours? Have no. you been keeping? No, just the, the neck. neck. Just you got to keep neck. the neckline. Cody's just he just. If Cody had a ball cap on and was, was walking outside of a school, they would call the cops. You'll notice when you'll notice when the mustache starts to get. That'll be the easiest because it's already kind of getting to it's the like edge a, of my lip. It's a thin like Nick. You don't have to just stare at him during the show for four hours. <laughs> I know. I can't see. There's let mi- me shave. You don't have to stare and, at it. We told let you. Let me shave. And you don't have to look at it. I'm your, not eating the egg salad. Your out do it. is eating the egg salad sandwich. Can you, you recap that. that that proposition from yesterday okay, for those so who are listening? We have a vending area. It has an Company egg kitchen. salad sandwich in it. It looks hideous. No one wants to eat it. It looks like uh, I don't I don't know the best. It looks like they put eggs in a blender together and squished it into a gelatinous cube <laughs> and stuck it between <laughs> two pieces of white bread. <laughs> and I was saying for three hundred dollars, I think I would eat it. Yesterday, that was the random question of the day. Yesterday, but I but I don't want to eat it. And you guys said no, three hundred dollars instead. You, if you eat that sandwich, uh-huh. you can shave your face. I don't think I want to shave my stance. face. The offer stands, man. But about three hundred dollars, and I can shave my face. No, can I we're not giving you any money. I, it's not money. Not money. Can't be both. No. It is either keep the facial hair, or eat the egg salad sandwich. There is no third door. It's, all, it's only November 9th. You got a long ways Somebody to go. Somebody have month. one of those like things that are supposed to like help hair growth. Aren't there like Yeah, tools? those don't work in three weeks. Yeah, they, they use those little microderm. You yeah. see them all the time on like the, the, the Keeps commercials and stuff like that. Huh. They, they, they use like the derm abrasion or whatever. Yeah, and that's supposed, supposed to, like, to stimulate hair. And then you put like, I, I think get, you're basically Tony, putting Rogaine on your get face. Get Cody some testosterone or something <laughs> like that. And maybe that'll help in the next two weeks or so. Just get some injections, Cody. Maybe that'll help. It has nothing to do. I just can't. Some people can't grow a beard. I, yeah. I am clearly one of those people. Someone else says, what about five wheel spins? Five? That's so many spins. No? Okay. Someone's asking when we're starting the video streaming soon. We have all the equipment? Very soon. Yeah, we will Yeah, but be. you've been saying that for a month now. Well, now I want to wait until December because of this face. This facial hair. I don't want anyone to see it. <laughs> all right. Coming up next, Josh Klingler, our chief silent reporter for the Chiefs Radio Network and host of Fesco in the Morning is going to join us. We're going to ask him football questions. I told Cody and Nick, football questions only. Next. 
Cody and Gold, brought to you by KC Bobcat. Rent or own from KC Bobcat in Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. What these guys talk about between 10 and 2 is really important. Are you seriously going to sit here and say that is not a funny movie? Correct. I now assume you have the worst movie taste out of anyone on this show. Shut Based up. on McGruber Shut is an up. eight and a half out of ten. McGruber is hilarious. I never saw the actual film. I, I saw the SNL stuff, of course. You cannot but... call McGruber a film. That's an inappropriate. It's a movie. Stupid. Oh, There's no way. Shut up. Get I won't even give it that. You're a joke. <laughs> You're a joke, dude. Don't miss a minute. 610 Sports Radio. This report brought to you by Max Motors. Vehicles in stock and ready for delivery. MaxMotors.com. We have you covered at Max Motors. Getting your vehicle service from the comfort of your home or work is easy. We do all the work for you. Free pickup, vehicle service, and delivery within 50 miles. Reserve now. MaxMotorsTransit.com. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio from the Brown and Crouppen Studios. Back here on Cody and Gold, we'll get to the random question of the day here in about 12 minutes or so. And something that the Chiefs are actually doing a better job of this year, but it doesn't actually tell the bigger story. I'll explain what that is coming up in about 15 minutes or so. But let's welcome in the silent reporter for the Chiefs radio network. He'll be on the sidelines this Sunday afternoon out at Arrowhead. Of course, you hear him every morning on Fesco in the morning right here on 610 Sports Radio. It is Josh Klingler. It is also just him and I left in the Survivor League here at 610 Sports Radio. We have both moved on to week 10 he still does not have a strike, though, and I think I have a weird feeling that you and I are taking the same team tomorrow. Mm, I don't know. I have I have about four games I really like this okay. week. Okay. So. Okay. Huh. We'll find well, out if tomorrow. You use, if you want to use that Chiefs one, you go for it, I uh-huh. guess. Uh-huh. Oh. Okay. Well, you got to pick the way he likes four <laughs> games this week. That's impossible. I do. There's four of them I like. Yep. If I didn't have a strike, which Kling doesn't, there is another game that I would be taking if I was Kling, and he, he can afford the L. I have to be very careful. So we'll hmm. be listening tomorrow uh, okay. for that cling. There's been other there's been other weeks I felt like, boy, I don't, I don't have anything. So I'm probably overconfident this week, but I feel like there's like I, I could take this game, I could take this game. So I think uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Kling, are my expectations out of whack for Trent McDuffie? I know we have maybe the most limited amount of time possible for him. He hasn't allowed a catch. I think when I see him on the field, he looks the part. To me, he's their best cover corner and will be at the end of the year. I don't think that this is one of those hope he's just comfortable like Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams. To a certain extent, but also, yeah, you're a little bit crazy because we just haven't seen it. I mean, last week, you can't say last week was a test. I mean, he got basically got thrown to one time and it was a tight end. Um, we haven't seen him against like a, an upper echelon, you know, a wide, wide receiver from the jump. So um, I need a little more body of work. But no, I think he, he probably does fit the part. Um, he and Snead are, are certainly legit, and then you can get by with the the others having some some uh, mistakes here and there. But um, I think we you're you're also willing it into existence too, aren't you? Kind of, I guess. But I think that some of it is it's willing it into existence and trusting what the team is doing about it. From the very beginning, Trent McDuffie was a starter. They traded up in the draft form. Every time he's been on the field, he looks the part. Like to me, it's. If I put all of those things together, it seems like taking the other side would be the more unlikely case. Yeah, I mean, they very well could have at the trade deadline went and got a veteran corner and none of us would have been surprised, right? And they didn't. And it wasn't just because they had um, faith that that Watson and, and Williams were, you know, gaining experience, but it was that Trent McDuffie was going to be back and he's going to be healthy. So they definitely put their, their faith in that. 
And uh, yeah, it's, he's going to have to be, I think he's still going to have to be good too. Right. I mean, he's going to have to be mm-hmm. uh, probably their best cover corner. Uh, Legereus needs still more of the versatile guy that you can move around and send to different spots. And then uh, I think probably still, you hope the other two don't get picked on um, those other times, but yeah, I don't know if we've seen him fully tested yet, but I'm, I'm very confident in his ability. We just heard from Andy Reid about a half hour ago that McCole Hartman not going to practice today, dealing with some you know abdominal soreness at this point in time. We don't know if that means he can't play or not Sunday. We'll find out later on in the week. But if he can't go, Kadarius Tony's benefiting the most, right? I mean, we just got we we just saw in a game where the Chiefs threw the ball sixty eight times and Sky Moore still was only targeted one time. So I, am I right to assume that? man, that actually could be a great opportunity for Tony to fill in a role that we all maybe think he could have next year. For sure. Or you, you spread that out. Maybe you've, whatever the, uh, the McColl end around plays are, whatever we're going to call them, if it's a flip pass, if it's a jet sweep, if it's an end around, whatever, um, those roles could be filled by Tony. They very well could be given to Sky Moore, but I, I would think there's probably no hesitation about Kadarius Tony when they threw him the ball in the very first play last week. And, and seemingly had, I think, I felt more plays uh, going his direction than I, than I thought. There were even a couple times where I know Mahomes looked his way uh, as the first read and, and didn't throw him the ball. And I thought, wow, they're really trying to force feed him into the mix right away. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't try to crash course Tony. Although, it, again, it's early in the week and maybe it's just precautionary at this point in time. But it's good to know that you can – have uh, they dressed seven wide receivers last week, which was still amazing how they were able to squeeze that number out of uh, of a roster on a game day to be able to have that many guys active. So uh, there's kind of an embarrassment of riches at that position right now. So, yeah, you feel good about being able to get by. What you're describing, though, Kling, is why I feel the the most scared about the sky more pick than I have at any point. I'm not writing him off, which I think is something we've, you know, you talk about whether or not you're just like, well, it's just not going to work for this player. That pick's not working. But when they want to get a player involved, they do it. When they want to get the ball to Isaiah Pacheco, they start him. When they want to get Tony the ball, they do. So the Sky Moore only has six catches because the defense won't let us stuff. Doesn't hold water, right? I mean, that's an excuse built around a guy that they don't want to give the ball to right now. But that's okay. I mean, you're, you are allowed to be a rookie. I think we do forget that sometimes, especially in football, that you, you're allowed to progress at your own pace, and, and maybe it's not from the jump. But also, they didn't bring him in to be a guy from the jump, right? I mean, you, you had enough pieces where you're like, just be the fourth option, and, and you're good. And so I, I'm not down on him at all. I think Tony also probably is benefiting a little bit from the he's got a little bit more experience department. And – uh, another, we liked him in the draft kind of guy. So there's probably a bump there. I don't know if it's necessarily an indictment, um, but you know, I think they did showcase, I want to say they showcased Sky Moore a few weeks ago in their four minute drill. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, which game it was, but they got him a couple of receptions in, in their four minute drill. I'm like, okay, they're finding him his specific role, which we've seen them do as well, that they kind of target. Here's what we want to do with a specific player. Um, and it might not be every single down, uh, but uh, I think there's a role for, for Sky Moore. It's not punt returning, that's for sure. I think yeah. there, that, that, that remains to be seen this week, too, if McColl can't go, right? I thought he was tremendous in the return game last week, and he looked very confident in the return game, and you thought, he's your punt returner. Let's stop messing around with this one and experimenting. Well, they may have to experiment again this week if McColl Harmon can't go. 
We're talking to Josh Klingler here on uh, 610 Sports Radio. And on the defensive side, I know it was one game where all of a sudden Carlos Dunlap has, you know, three and a half sacks because he got a sack and a half in this game against Tennessee. And they, they do it when Frank Clark's out for suspension, at least for one more game as well. I feel like Carlos Dunlap, maybe they're trying to keep him fresh, but I, I would like to see him maybe get a couple more snaps based on what we've seen uh, a couple games here recently, whether it's batting down passes, which is something he's done well throughout his entire career, or in this game against Malik Willis, he got a sack and a half. And I do question how healthy he was at the beginning of the season, too. Um, you know, he, he came in, obviously, late, uh, and then they kind of slow played him, and I just wonder if it took him a while to get up to speed, and then, I don't know. I felt like his comments about the bye week were interesting to me too, that he was like pleasantly surprised that Andy Reid gave him the entire week off. And I thought, wow, uh, he's a guy that should go reward his coach. Like he did something in his NFL career that he hadn't done before, which is give him a little bit of extra time off. And it felt like he really valued that. And I thought, okay, well go bust it. You, they brought you here. Uh, you got a stretch drive run ahead of you. And, and what are you going to give him? And then I probably, the, he probably got a little Frank Clark bump too. Right. With Frank Clark out of the mix, he probably yeah. realized he needed to step his game up a little bit more. And so if, as long as that continues, I think we're all going to be happy. But you're right. Probably the last couple of games, he's been much more visible. For a while, he was uh, uh, non-existent. He kind of went, is he, is he even in the mix? And he had to kind of look at the snap count because he didn't feel like he even saw him on the field. But uh, the last couple of games have been very good. And obviously, his best game was last week. I feel like that's – like all of this being said is why I feel like – I feel like maybe I've been too hard on the, uh, the, the, the pass rush. Because while they are mediocre, that's what they were designed to be, Kling. They are exactly as advertised. Nobody thought, not even Brett Veach himself, when he was putting this unit together, was like, top five in the NFL. No doubt. We got it. They didn't think that, Kling. I mean, they might tell themselves that, but nobody thought that was realistic. We all thought if they could finish somewhere in 10th to 15th in sacks, we'd be good with that. And that's really where they've been the entire season. And yet I find myself being the most critical of them while they have lived up to their expectation way more than the offensive line or some of the other positions. But also I think we do put a lot of pressure on that group because I think that 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 group is what helps make the Chiefs, um, you know, really elite and the definitive favorite. That if that group is going, that makes this defense, well, what it was last week, right? And, And that makes this Chiefs team really, really good. If they don't and they're a problem, then you are relying on offense, 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 and and sometimes that can can run out of run out of steam. So no, I think they've had a higher expectation, but you're right, they probably exceeded it to a certain extent. And maybe also last year the sack number. I don't. I, I hate to get into like woulda, coulda, shouldas, and pressures and those types of things. They did do a lot of that, but just couldn't finish off getting the actual stat of the sack. And so, so maybe um, seeing a few more of those, they maybe are about what they were last year. It's just that they're actually finishing off plays that they didn't a, a year ago. They need to keep that going though, because that's, that's still the group that helps out, especially that secondary that we talked about earlier with McDuffie and, and company. Um, you don't want them back there covering for four and five seconds. If you can get, uh, some pressure up front. We all know that that pays dividends, and that's when this defense is playing its best. Lastly, for me, Kling, I, I heard you talking on, I guess it have been Monday morning show, uh, that you were on the sideline, and, and Steve DeBerg was at the game because Kimball Anders was getting his, his number put up there around the Ring of Honor and, of course, was banging the drum and everything. And Steve DeBerg was there, but they screwed up his jersey. Is that that's what you were saying? Uh, yeah, it was so sad. It was so sad because I, I, I saw him. I'm like, okay, it's former Chiefs quarterback. That's cool. Oh, he's, he's got a jersey. It looks like a brand-new jersey on. That's pretty cool. 
and, and, and then he turned around and I did a double take. I'm like, that can't be, can't be right. Can it can't be right. Yeah. They gave him a Jersey, not D E B E R G, but D E B U R G. <laughs> they spelled his name wrong. I was like, man, that's, that's really, that's really harsh. One of your alumni comes back and you spell his name wrong in his Jersey to his credit. He was wearing it and he looked like he was having a great time on the <laughs> sidelines. Okay. But it, well. I, I felt bad. Like, Oh, come on. I almost want to go, you know, go slap some duct tape up there with an E. Cling, Send him one, on his way. Cling, one last quick thing. Gold had a great idea to ask everybody a question. No, Who'd you vote for? No, no, no. no <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, the the winners, I think. No, I don't know. I don't know. No. <laughs> you don't know? Right, no, I do know. I do that, know. I'm just not telling you. Yeah, I'm not. Smart yeah. decision, Cling. All right, that's Josh yeah. Kingler. Very smart. Josh. I, I don't vote in Missouri, so I didn't get to vote on the important one, I guess. <laughs> Cannabets, Cannabets. He's talking about Cannabets, is what he's talking about there. Yeah, Cannabets is closer to happening now. <laughs> Josh Klingler, silent reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs. Great idea by you, Gold. No, no, I do like that bit that you created, Gold. I don't like that Kling refused to answer the question, though. You know, it's I, just I appreciate Kling trying to answer the question that you guys have been asking all our guests today. Why are you trying to and, like um, move, I don't separate yourself from this? We're a team. Oh, we're I, a show. We're a team. We're I, in this together. Because I told you, I don't think we should be asking anybody on the show today. Well, I know that's what you for. didn't believe in that, but if you had came up with an idea that I didn't believe in, but we went ahead and did it, I'd be, I'd support you. And yeah, I'd not support on that it. one. Not on that one. Since, you know, that's there one is of those nothing not you to... could do that. I wouldn't support N- nothing, nothing. Yeah. I'll stay away from, I'll stay away from that one in particular. Oh, you didn't vote. No, from the question. Yeah, I'll stay away from that one since but you know you the, whole, the whole the whole policy that we all. He sent out an Instagram post. He had an I voted sticker. Oh, who did you vote for? The candidates that were on the ballot. <laughs> That's who I voted for. Wow, interesting. Makes you think. Shocking development. Do you have a, another question for us, Cody? Like one random question. One that's random. Sure, I do. You sure? For you and for Nick especially, and nine one three five eight six seven six ten. Nick especially. The random question today brought to you by the Window Source of Kansas City. Kling mentioned it. There was a certain bill that passed yesterday in Missouri. So today, very you can just simple say the question. Bill. I mean, I don't know why we're being so yeah, like so be cagey. It is the damn marijuana bill passed Whoa. in Missouri. We can we can just All say right, so. That. What's your favorite munchie food? That's it. That's the question. That's it. That's when it. you get high gold on your Sour Patch Kids or whatever else you can go well, buy from Missouri right now. What is it that Gold eats when he's had a few? So we know you don't smoke it or you just ingest. <laughs> You've made that very clear. So uh, Nick's an equal opportunist. I have answers ready. You have answers ready to go? Yeah. All right, Nick, give us your top five or three or whatever it is. So it's, you said not, answers. it's not just snacks. It is beverages. Specifically, I need something very, t- and I never, ever, ever drink soda. But when I get the munchies, Cheez-Its, Cheez-Its. and yeah. orange soda. Orange, orange soda. soda. That yes. is the most high-person meal ever. Yep. Orange soda? Yep. Like off-brandy, too, right? Not no, even Fanta. just like okay, Fanta. Fanta. Specifically Fanta. Star- Sun-Kissed <laughs> is a little too orangey. Little too Okay. Little too. If so you can you get your only... hands, if you can get your hands on the Mandarin Haritos, which you can't obviously, <laughs> unless you have them stocked, you're not going to have like you're easy not going to have those around. But yeah. no, dude, if you can go to the store and get the Haritos, Haritos and Cheez-Its, dude. Whew. I was wondering, like, I think I told you we were at the Ozarks or whatever, and there was just this giant container of these like soft pretzel bites. And I stood in the kitchen. Everybody had gone to bed, and I stood in the kitchen <laughs> for 15 or 20 minutes uh, and just ate. <laughs> 
a ridiculous amount of these. Like, you know what I'm talking about? They're pretzel bite, but they're soft and they're yes. they're fantastic. And I, I they sell them at like the Annie M's at like airports. Yes, and malls. but they're soft. They're still kind of like the doughy pretzels. Like they're, yeah. they're they're not they're not the the crispy ones. And yes. I had way too many of those. Is it different was, than your drunk food, or is that be the thing you want when you're drunk too, Nick? Would you also no, 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 no. Food I, when drunk, drunk? To me, drunk food is more the the greasy like hamburgers or Taco Bell or something. Well, for me, at least. I will say this: there's one overlap between the two of them, and it's Jack in the Box. Really, I, the tacos or the burgers? I will go Just there and spend twenty five dollars. I'll get for the yourself? mini. I'll get the mini tacos. I'll get like onion rings, mozzarella <laughs> sticks, just like oh all of it, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. That's just so many. What did you tell us things. your answer? What's your answer? Uh, mine would typically be in that. Like I, I, uh, I tend to go towards the salty things, like him. Like I do only like, but it's uh, I like the spicy, salty foods when that. So I want those spicy, like, salty. well, they like they sell cheese its that are like hot. I want uh, like spicy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. I want like that kind of. I want like hot food, like hot spicy snack bad. crackers. I want that kind of food. I feel like so more nobody, so than like normal snacking. Nobody goes to like the like the gummies, like Sour Patch Kids. No, or I can I can eat that under a normal Starburst. circumstance. I no, don't feel see, like that I, that's what I go if, to in that moment. If no. I'm having a gummy, I don't want to then eat more gummies. More gummy? Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I do go to salty. I go I go to salty, and like I said, it's the only time I'll just drink regular soda. It's just orange soda. Huh? I love orange soda. Okay. When I'm high. Someone says they bake butter cake when they have the munchies. They're just baking a whole cake. You're like, I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> I guess I'll make this Already cake have the cake now. ready to go. Just I mean, butter cake. cake is a very simple cake to make, but of I don't know that. Of course it is. How many times have you made butter I cake? Don't, I don't know. Once, maybe. A bunch of times. Butter cake times. expert. I actually tried to bake something twice this weekend. Failed both times. And I'm very frustrated. Failed as in you ran out of time or failed as in nope. it tasted like crap? No, it didn't taste like crap. The consistency was wrong. I was trying to make Ooh. macarons and I couldn't complete it Haven't correctly. you made them before? I have, haven't but you? I couldn't. But I, they weren't right. They didn't have hmm. the right amount of air. I don't know. Right amount of air. Well, they've got a certain texture that they're supposed to Why? Get. Did you not have enough air in your house? No. The windows the issue, the, the, the issue windows the, that you got? Those expensive, the technical term. The those, issue was in my macronage, which is like how you fold the... Your what? Fold the... the your dough. macronage? Mm-hmm. It failed. Someone says salty and buttered popcorn and chocolate milk not mixed together. That would be gross. Text line oh, asks, you're eating them at the same time. Text line asking Nick questions. They want to, uh, during random question, be able to ask questions back. And they said, Nick, how often do you get high asking for a friend? Hashtag HIPAA. They spelled HIPAA wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a fake answer. <laughs> are you high right now? Is what I'm not asking. high right now. Do you guys want to no. do a special? Once the dispensaries are up in Missouri, do you guys want to do a special episode where we get high before sure. and then do the whole show? I don't know. Liquor stores have been around forever. Why haven't we ever gotten <laughs> drunk during the show? Well, technically, you're not allowed to. There's some like laws. Oh, but but, but they you can get high. <laughs> you can get high though. <laughs> um, no, I think I uh, giggle enough. I don't I need keep, that kind uh, of help. I I keep gummies around, so like usually like at the end of the night to wind down something like that. But it's not a. I'm not an active. Like I don't I don't go do activities. It's more of like I know some people do like you scoff, but like a lot of people do. They they'll do it and like go to a do this or go out in public. You're I just am. gonna sit on the couch and zone yes. out on some Netflix. Bingo. That's the random question of the day. Thank you for You're the welcome. question, Nick. Cody? It's fine. Nick can get partial credit. I already forgot. It was directed kind of at <laughs> yeah. him. How high are you right now? Can't even remember who asked the question. There is one thing, though. If you guys have been listening to the show for the three years, roughly almost, that we've been doing the show now, yeah. that once or twice a year, Cody will bring it up. 
during the football season. True. He'll bring it up and he'll talk about penalties. Correct. And not not you're not, you know, complaining about the refs. You'll just bring up the Chiefs track record of penalties and it's just kind of the MO of the team. And you were getting ready to actually compliment them about the lack of penalties until this past Because week. up until this last game, they had done a better job than at any time under Andy Reid with the penalties. But I've decided on one thing. We don't have to talk about the penalties and the regret and the stage of like, are they going to do anything about this or stop expecting them to do anything about this? I don't think that we are allowed to use this as a crutch for when the Chiefs play bad. What I was thinking about it is in relation to the Titans. People are like, well, you know, they didn't do a lot of things well. Mistakes on special teams, dropped passes, poor pass coverage. You can admit all of those things for how they played against the Titans. We should never, ever, ever again mention penalties as part of poor play. Because it's who they are. Hmm. It's like asking a guy with, you know, it's like if you're missing a finger, you'd be like, well, you're not really good at using that finger. He doesn't have it. The Chiefs aren't capable of being not penalized. They just do it, and it's fine. It's It, it doesn't stop them from winning for the most part. It doesn't completely hold them back. But I don't think that it's a good Oh, they played poorly excuse because they do it very consistently over the course of that time. Don't you think it's part of the conversation, though? Like, I, nobody, I don't. Not anymore. No, nobody, don't. Sh- nobody necessarily should be like, hey, they lost the game because of blank penalty, per se, unless it is uh, if the Chiefs would have lost that game uh, against the Raiders, right, where the terrible rough in the passer penalty. There are other things that go into it. Like, I think if, if, if someone says, hey, they played poorly, part of it you might bring up. If they had 13 penalties in the game. They like, always have penalties, of, man. They're the most penalized team in the NFL over the last five years. Yeah, but typically. Not if, the most, if, but they're yeah, one of the if, most. If there's a game, though, and they lose, and, yeah, there's special teams blunders, yeah, I think we would bring up the missed extra points and the field goals long before the penalties. But I think it's and fine should. to have. Yeah, and should. But I think it's, it's fine if you want to bring it up a, a, along with that. But generally, when the Chiefs have lost games, it's be because of you know either turnovers or special teams things like that which is normal that's what most teams do but I think the penalties can be a, a part of the conversation I get what you're saying which is like it is who they are but I still expect if a team loses a game and you find out they had 11 penalties like that is part of the conversation of, of to me it, probably them, why they lost it doesn't need to be because it hasn't really stopped them from losing it's never the main reason it's that's never a, a big I mean, reason yeah, why they the lose main the game. reason a single penalty, maybe, right? Maybe in the Chris Jones case mm-hmm. of the roughing the passer penalty against Tom Brady in the most ridiculous call, or an earlier this year when he got called for a different roughing the passer penalty, which was also insane. But to me, that's about how a ref called something. The Chiefs getting penalties is just simply who they are. It is how they exist in this world. Like, to me, it's not... They don't play poorly. Where are they in the NFL this year? They Do we know? Like, are they like top five or where are they? Uh, they're top 10 top after 10. that that most recent effort. They've done a really good job. Um, in, you know, by, by, by their standards, they've done a really good job. They've ranked top seven ever. I looked up uh, the last six, seven years. They are in the top 10 in both penalties total and penalty yardage pretty much every single year, somewhere near the top 10, sometimes in the top two or three. To me, they don't play poorly when they get penalized. They get seven penalties. And I'm like, they play poorly because of penalty. No, they play fine. That's how they play. They play with penalties. It's part of what they do. Although maybe they're trying to move away from it because Rashad yeah, I mean, Fenton was maybe think... the most guilty of that in the entire secondary, and they let him go. I mean, one, I think they, they definitely play a physical brand uh, in the secondary, right? That's that's how they Which teach their they corners, get a lot of those and so that's a lot of it. But I also I don't think they're ever like, you said maybe they're trying to do less. I don't think anybody's like, man, we want to be a – we're trying to be – No, we're, but we're like actively to trying to do less. Before, they seemed like what I'm talking about now, content with that's who they are. I mean I, – I get what you're saying, but I don't think Andy Reid's ever sat there and said, oh, look, I'm fine if we have a bunch of penalties. I'm just <laughs> fine. I'm just cool if we have, like, I think they would always I think he just you. solved 700 other problems Correct. before that, which to me means he's fine with it.
Coming up next, it's what's your fantasy on a Wednesday. And after some of the conversations today, I have no idea what direction that's going to head into and something that the Tennessee Titans brought to light once again for the Chiefs. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by KC Bobcat. Rent your own from KC Bobcat in Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. Don't miss Alex's That Betting Show every Thursday night at 7 o'clock right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.